improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host Dr Barton Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert at communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on the podcast I'm going to be addressing a question that was raised in the communication to improve patient care seminar that I gave in Perth on the weekend. Great group in Perth. Uh, Thanks for those of you who were able to come along Bunch of people weren't because of COVID and so on, but got to work with a really cool group of chiropractors in Perth. So thanks to you guys. One of the things that came up was what is the best way of going about doing recalls based on the science of communication? And so I had people follow up with messages and so on afterwards and uh, thought I would share with the audience because it's something that I get asked periodically and I think it's something that we have a bit of a hangover from the old days in a previous time and a previous approach to communication which we are inadvertently pissing people off and shooting ourselves in the foot. I will go into that in a minute because getting it right can help to support people in having ongoing care and can help to grow your practice but if you screw it up you can be really I guess sort of messing up the potential for long-term relationships trying to chase a short-term outcome. Anyway I will come back to that. A little bit of housekeeping, a little bit of where I'll be and when I'll be there. Um, I have one more in-person of the communication to improve patient care workshops which will be on in Sydney rather on the 5th of June which is a Sunday and then I will be doing the uh, online version of it in partnership with the UCA it will be live on the 6th and 9th of June evening UK time but you can do it via the recording so that one's really you can do it anytime any time zone you can just get onto it. Um, Then after that I am working on a couple of interesting projects. I will be looking at revamping some of the communication workshops that I've done previously so stay tuned for that. So let's return to the idea of recalls because at a certain point a recall which is you know by definition it's where we get in touch with people who have either missed appointments or cancelled appointments or stopped care for whatever reason. They do not have a forward appointment in the book and we get in touch with them essentially either ranging from just checking in to see how they are going through to suggesting that they make a time to come back in. So in on one sense we can look at it and we can look at it as a really potentially supportive gesture where people are busy and we know that frequency of care, repetition of care, care over a period of time is really important for their results and people stopping care prematurely is and having a gap in their care is not going to be optimal for them getting the outcomes that they want and that they've expressed that they want and so a certain level of recalls can be super helpful for people particularly as they're juggling the busy lives that they do. On the flip side sometimes the strategies that chiropractors are using for recalls can have an unintended consequence of pissing people off by the person has decided they don't want to be 
in the office anymore and maybe they haven't expressed it super clearly but the um, but the ongoing contact goes from being supportive to seeming like stalking and um, I think there has been a bit of a change in consumer expectations over the years that I want to deconstruct a little bit today because I think we need to do recalls differently now to what we did five years ago, 10 years ago, and certainly what we need to do differently than 20 years ago. So um, and to be able to sort of set up why that is, uh, we need to sort of understand a few things about, well, why do people stop coming in? So at the core of the influence literature is the idea that why do people do what they do and how can we influence them to make better quality decisions that serve their goals and values? Um, a core concept that I use in every workshop that I teach is the idea of people existing on a continuum in terms of their levels of health belief. And if we look at that, we basically deconstruct it to some people have a pain level of health uh, belief, some people have a prevention level of health belief, some people have a performance or wellness level of health belief. So if we look at those different health belief systems, people who are pain-based, their level of health belief really says that you can tell how healthy you are by how you feel and you should go and see a healthcare provider like a chiropractor when you have pain and then you should stop once the pain goes away or if you don't think that this is going to be the treatment that will make your pain go away. So for these people, when they've stopped care and you ringing, and ringing them and or texting them or emailing them telling them they should be coming back in, doesn't always align with what they think they should be doing. So we run the risk of annoying them. People at a prevention level of health awareness, similarly, they will probably stay with you for a bit longer, but once they feel like they're stable or they feel like they, the ongoing value of further care in terms of prevention, in terms of how frequency it's, frequently it's required, doesn't match the importance of the problem they're trying to fix, they're gonna to stop too. And so it's really only people who are already at a performance level of health awareness that ongoing recalls are super, super helpful. Because if you look at, if once you have a performance or wellness perspective on how your body works, that how your body works influences everything you do, but most critically, it influences the things that, it impacts the things that are important to you, the things that you love to do, the things that you see as your role or identity to do, you don't really need to get a reminder. They're important to you, so you stick at them. So I don't really need a reminder to go to the gym. I don't really need a reminder to eat clean food. It's just something that I want to do because it helps me do the things that are important to you. Um, now, sometimes I can get busy and just sort of get out of a loop and it, it's easy for me to lose track how long it is since I've been to the gym if I've got busy. But, and so a reminder so that it sort of keeps it top of mind can be super useful, but I don't need repeated reminders. So my, I guess, sort of take big picture on it is the more reminders that you are doing, the more direct you should be coming back in here uh, sort of uh, reminders that you're doing, the more potential that we have to create what in the psychology literature they call reactance or the boomerang effect, which is essentially when somebody feels that their right to make their own decisions, their autonomy is being impinged upon, they push back against it and refuse to do something even if they feel like they'll benefit from it. 
Um, so we really want to avoid reactants. We really want to avoid that perception that it's easy for of somebody that we're trying to overly influence something that should be rightly their decision. And so when we look at influencing people's beliefs and therefore their behaviour, if somebody has shown that their belief is either a pain or prevention level and they've stopped care and are, have resisted a couple of uh, invitations to come back in, continuing to contact them, trying to expressly get them to make an appointment is just going to irritate them. Um, now, second to that, um, there's the question of um, what's the big picture here? So uh, in the communication to improve patient care workshops, I use a th three-part framework that Robert Cialdini came up with, which is if we want to influence people, there's three steps we have to take. And the first one is we've got to build a relationship. Second one is we've got to reduce uncertainty. And then only with the third one can we motivate people to action. And so at the core of this idea is that building a relationship has to come first, that people buy us before they buy our message. So with recalls, we need to, at all, with, at all times, sort of err on the side of preserving the relationship. People are going to, if we want to maintain a long-term relationship with people where we keep that loop open, where they can gradually grow in their understanding of health, and as we know, that typically happens more by experience than by what we tell them, certainly what we tell them in a recall, um, the most important thing is don't piss, piss people off. Yes, remind them, but then leave them and keep the door open for them to come back in. Certainly don't create reactants. So if we look at what's changed over the last 5, 10, 15 years ago, one of the things that's changed is how people perceive a phone call. Now, most people don't communicate more via text than they do via the phone call, unless it's super, super time sensitive. So there's research that's been done on preferences of consumers. This isn't specific to chiropractic, but more broadly, 85% of people prefer to be contacted by business via text as opposed to a phone call or email. Um, so unless it's super, super time sensitive, I think we need to move away from a lot of repeated calls um, and move towards text because it's what people want. And um, it also has an advantage over email. If we look at, well, should I be emailing people rather than texting? 90% of people will open a text within three minutes. If we look at actual overall open rates, 98% of uh, texts are opened versus only 20% of emails typically. The response rate to text is about 45% versus 6% for uh, emails. And the response time to a text is on average about nine minutes versus 90 minutes where there is a response. So only 20% of people are going to open it. Only 6% of people are going to respond to an email and those that do, it's going to take them an hour and a half to get back. So again, texts are preferable to email and in terms of consumer preference and in terms of not evoking reactants, most of the communication I think works best with texts. So the approach that we use, if you piece all this together, is if somebody misses an appointment, we call within 15 minutes and it's the only call we do. And it's a benefit of what's in it for them type message. We're not saying you missed your appointment. We're just saying 
Uh, hi Barry, just uh, this is Martin from Align Chiropractic here, just checking in to make sure everything's okay. Um, we had you down for an appointment at uh, this afternoon and uh, we're just checking to see all is good. And then for most of those people, it's just something's come up or they've got busy or they forgot and it's easy to schedule that in. And the reason we use a phone call there is it's time sensitive. Um, if people are intending to continue their care, the timing of that is super, super important. If people don't respond to the phone call and there are some people who don't have message banks and so if they don't answer the call, um, then we don't want to leave it for longer. We'll shoot them a text essentially just saying the same thing. The next week, we will send a second text to people who cancel or miss appointments, just touching base with them, saying, look, uh, we had an appointment for you last week, um, just touching base to see if you wanted to schedule something to make that up this week. And then after that, we have a process where every couple of weeks, we will go through the database of people who don't have a forward appointment but have had an appointment in the last, we sort of rotate the frequency of this, but you know, looking back six weeks, and then two weeks later, we might look 10 weeks, and two weeks after that, 12 weeks, and then repeat that cycle back to six weeks. And as chiropractors, we go through and just highlight the people that we think probably would appreciate a text. And the people that we're pretty sure are looking at things at just a pain level of health awareness, they tend to come in reactively, we typically don't contact them. We just contact the people who are likely to welcome it as a touching base. Um, the other sort of layer is that we do want to stay top of mind of people. We do want to just keep our name in front of people. And so what we do there is we have a regular email contact to our entire database. This is people who are currently have a Ford appointment, people who have been in in that last couple of months but don't have a forward appointment, as well as people that we may not have seen for a long period of time, but to their mind, they are still part of our um, practice. They just aren't current. They, because of their current level of health belief, don't currently see that they have a need to come in. Um, and I'll, I'll loop back to that in a minute because I think the big picture of how you do grow performance-oriented people is sort of connected to, to that. Um, but we'll email to the whole database and really how that's likely to be interpreted. People who are of a performance mindset, it brings their connection to us back and it's like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to, to get back. I'll, I'll give them a call right now. Um, but people who are at a prevention and pain oriented level, it just it's not asking a particular behaviour of them, it's just keeping them in touch with useful information about our practice and about health uh, tips that we, through our level of expertise, can offer them that are relevant and timely um, so that it keeps the relationship going of, yeah, look, that, the next time I feel like I need to go, I know that they're still there and they still care. So looping back to the idea of how we really do, how most people who are performance oriented or even prevention oriented become that way, I think we overstate how impactful what we say in a report of findings or a table, a, a daily visit, or even in a special healthcare class is. Um, the hierarchy of influence, which we've referenced a lot of times on the podcast, would tell us that um, the most powerful thing that changes people's belief and therefore their behaviour is the things they experience, and the least impactful 
is the things that somebody else says to them. And so for a lot of people, keeping that relationship opening, open rather, and then them stopping care and then experiencing their body not working as well without care is a more powerful experience that if we frame it properly and we ask questions well when they do come back in, it can create much more momentum towards a prevention and performance level of health awareness. So um, number one priority with any outreach from your office is to develop and enrich the relationship. And so I hope the tips that we've been through today will help you to do that, as well as um, creating a support for the people who are intending to be back in but just got busy. So thanks for listening to Under the Influence. I'll catch you again next week. If you enjoyed today's episode, then you will love the Mastering Daily Interactions online workshop. It's a three-part online workshop that will show you an exact framework that you can use on every visit to make sure that your patients or clients are getting that drip, drip, drip feed of information that will help them create a greater connection to the understanding at the core of chiropractic. You see, the truth of it is that people change beliefs or learn new beliefs gradually and they learn them based on their experience. So you can have the best report of findings in the world, but if you don't have that reinforcement over time of a specific efficient structure that allows you to connect and create individualized value on every visit, then you're never going to get as good a results. So check out the Mastering Daily Interactions website at insideoutpractices.com.